0: And uh, we're going to continue on the next phrase in love today. It's just amazing how you can draw stuff out uh, on so many different perspectives. I'm being changed. Anybody being helped here? You know, it it helps to say that you're being helped. I got a nice text this week from somebody saying, I'm being helped by the love message that you have. And, you know, it, it really hit me that they're being helped by saying that they're being helped. You know? A lot of times if, if, we, if we just let something go past, the things that are special to you, you rehearse, and, and you'll talk about, and you'll say something to somebody about them. The things that don't really mean anything to you, you forget them, so you don't have any reason to say anything else about them. But uh, let, let's let this be real to us. Let's be changed by it. Talk, talk to God about it, first of all, but uh, man, let's talk to each other. Let's encourage each other that we're being... We're growing up in love. Love is being perfected in us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so um, the the overall theme that I'm looking at at uh, is the winner is love. You always win with love. You never really win without it. You can you can have all kinds of other stuff, and you're not going to make it unless you have love. We've established that, and we established some little guidelines that love never. Is confined to just a certain group of people. Either it's, it, it includes everybody. Aren't you, aren't you thankful that God <laughs> includes us? It, it, we're part of that. He doesn't. He doesn't ever disqualify any of us. And there's no time clock. You know how a lot of times we can say, "You just got on my last nerve." <laughs> there's no last nerves with love. They, you just you just keep going. It, 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 there, there's no time clock at all. And then we saw also actually in the in the 13th uh, chapter of 1 Corinthians that also if you're going to grow up in love it's just like being a human being if you're going to grow up do you know any I'll admit just a little bit I still have to grow up as a human being my wife will verify that for you and let's just don't talk about that anymore right now but but as an example you know if if you're going to if you're going to grow up as a human being what do you have to do you have to put away some things. Don't? You have to put away some childish stuff if you're going to grow up. And so if we're going to grow up in love, we have to be willing to say, I'm the child that's going to grow up. I'm going to have to put away some things. So if we're going to open up the word, aren't you glad for the word of God? I'm so, I'm so glad for the word today that, that what we're opening up today is not just my mind. <laughs> we're opening up the word of God and, and we can count on something special touching us from the heart of God. Amen? But if we're going to grow up, and and actually if we're going to be affected by the Word of God today, we have to be willing to say, I'm going to be changed. It's by transformation. You have to go from one way to a new way. Amen? So when we're opening up this today, let's say, God, show me how I can change. Because I guarantee each one of us have childish things that we need to let go of today. Amen? Amen? And the Holy Spirit's here to show us what those are. It'll come from the Word, but it'll also come in our hearts as He speaks to us. Amen? All right? So let's dive into this. we got the next one coming up. It's out of the sixth verse of the first First uh, Corinthians 13. And um, it says, Love does not delight in evil. Now, first thoughts on that would be possibly that You don't like to watch evil things. Okay? Would that be kind of your first perspective? I would like to approach it in a little bit different way. Um, I would like to approach it in a more of a competitive way, if we can look at it, because I I think this is where where the the Scripture is wanting to take us. And it has to do... Anybody... um, You know, I wrote in the bulletin here this morning about... (laughs) This is getting to be the, the intense uh, sports time of the year when, when you have rivals that are big rivals against each other, right? And um, there's a certain basketball team right now that... that uh, this is my flesh talking right now. This is, not, this is not the real me. This is the flesh talking, all right? I don't like the team. I just I don't like them. They're, they're cocky. They're mouthy, and they're good. Isn't that a bad combination? You know, <laughs> not only are they that, all that stuff you can't stand, but they're good. And they just win all the time. And it's like, so here's a side of me, and, 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 and go with me here. You, you might not even know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name them by names, but you probably already know. But there's a side of me that just really would Maybe get a little bit happy if a certain one of those hurt his ankle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I might actually, you know, in the in the quiet spots of my heart, I might just get a little bit happy. <laughs> I might delight in that. (laughs) There are certain people in the political realm. (laughs) (coughs) Depends on which side of the spectrum you're on. (laughs) You wouldn't mind if certain people weren't able to go on. (laughs) Just put it that way. Now, I just revealed to you that I'm a child in these areas. I need to be affected by this sermon because I really believe that God is talking to us in this area. And those are extreme areas, but on a real level, there's people in our lives that we wouldn't mind. It, have you ever had that happen? You know, you, you hear something about somebody that's, that's maybe a competitor or somebody that maybe has been in opposition to you, maybe said something bad about you, maybe, you know, it, it, it's actually something about you that, they, they, that they've come against, and you hear how they've had a falling away of some kind, and if you're really honest, you know what I mean? And I believe that's what this is talking to. There's not a delight. What is the evil? It's the something bad that takes place in somebody else's life that you delight in what happened. Oh, thank you very much. I'm not swigging on the cayenne stuff this week, but that water tastes good. So let me go through these translations. I don't have the passion. But we got some good ones here. So, charity, which is referred to as love, does not rejoice in unrighteousness. The message doesn't revel when others grovel. NIV, love does not delight in evil. The Living Bible, it is never glad about injustice. Don't you like that? It says, never never ever ever. So even with it, it even with this basketball team that I'm talking about and even with you know and, and 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 on the good side of me just let me share with you some of the things that I've actually had happen also. There's something that kind of troubles my heart with all these shootings that have been going on. I don't know if you you know I'm sure you're aware of them but uh there's something that is said about the person that does these things. And, and they call him a monster. And as much as they've done something really bad, there's a part of my heart that goes, ah, how did they ever get to that place? Because the same blood of Jesus that set me free from sin was shed for them. And as much as God hates what they did, he still loves them. You know, this young man that that shot all those kids in that school, you know, they they still refer to him as a monster. And I'm thinking, that's a precious creation of God. You know, God actually had the Israelites destroy peoples. It wasn't because he hated the people. He hated what they were doing. Because the heart of God, and where love... Love never stops for anybody, and so you can't, you can't be on the side of God and being rejoicing in anybody's downfall in any area. I, this is essential. God help us with this. Amen? Because it's these little, you know how it is, how we are physically, you can have just one little thing off. I mean, I, I'm noticing this, once you hit the old 50, you know, the, the top, the middle of the hill, is that the middle of the hill, or is that the top? Whatever it is. Are you going down now? Is that, is that what it is? Whatever. This is, something happens. You know, it's, it hormones start saying, where are you, you know? And, 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 and my wife, can I just share this about my face? So, so my wife, can I, this, this is kind of funny. So for Christmas, she knows I'm going to be going to this. What was it again? Oh, oh this marriage on, on Friday, and <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't have anything to do with it. Uh, God, all right, yeah, that was okay. No, so so my wife for Christmas. Guess what she gets me? And it has, there's a positive side. And there's a side that makes me say why. She wants me to get a facial. So there's a place over here, they do like a, it's called a chemical peel. So I, I go in there yesterday to get this facial, actually it's, I don't mind, you know, I, I told my wife, I kind of like people, when people fool with you, you know, when they do your hair and you know, they can massage you or whatever, so it's just kind of nice to have somebody fool with you once in a while, but anyway, so I go in there and they, and they say, so what would you come in for? And I say, well, I, I think my wife wants me to look like Brad Pitt, so... <laughs> so uh, can you do that <laughs> yeah can can we do the you know the the um mission impossible <laughs> that would be the mission impossible i think <laughs> but um how did i how did I go down that route um Oh boy, now I can't remember where I was. That was such a good story, wasn't that a good story? Oh, I, <laughs> oh, getting older. Yeah, so, so okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Travis, you're a, you're a lifesaver. Okay. It went to the same place that, that, that this event went in my mind. It's like, where did it go? Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, that's right. You're under 50, right? You don't have any excuse. <laughs> so when I was having that done, the lady said, when you're a little child, your your skin on your on your face rejuvenates every day. And you get to be seven and it's like every three days or so. And it it gets to be when you get to this age that it's like once a month or something. So she said, So what we're doing is we're tricking your skin to rejuvenate more frequently and to do things it's supposed to do anyway. Isn't that kind of interesting? <laughs> there's hope. Brad Pitt, no. But you know what? Brad Pitt would really like to look like me. So there. So, all right. All right. Did we did we go off the track too much there? Not really too much. Okay. So so here's what it means to delight, is to rejoice. This isn't just kind of have a little flutter in you. This is to actually be glad about it. You might even tell somebody about it. Did you know that got his ankle broke? <clears throat> <laughs> and be glad to rejoice exceedingly, to let it be something bigger than just a little bit. We're told never, that love never does this. Aren't you glad for the word of God? It comes and exfoliates our face. To make us renewed again, right? Makes us new. Because you know what? When you're a little child, you don't even think to think these kinds of thoughts, do you? Until you go through life and somebody offends you, you get disappointed by this. What you were wanting to go do, somebody else did. And now there's a temptation to rejoice if they don't make it, right? Right? Love never does this. And so if I'm going to grow up in love, what I started down was if any part of our body is out of place, you know, this this lady was was telling me, because I said I had acne really bad when I was growing up, you know, and she said, well, partly what's going on is there's other things inside of your body that are wrong, and it comes out in your face. Your diet's wrong. You got infection somewhere. And it actually will show up on your face. Isn't that a bad place for it to show up? (laughs) Would you please show up in my foot, you know, where I can put a sock on you? (laughs) But no, it shows up on your face. But very similarly, this area of love, if it's not dealt with, will show up on your face. Is that good? I came by the Holy Spirit because I did not prepare that. Okay, all right, all right. So we we went through this already. Um First, or Romans one thirty two. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them. Now, this is not directly related to what we're talking about but there's a there's there's something that I want to get across that's taken place when you get in the area of rejoicing about what somebody else is going through you're actually getting on a side and would that be god's side probably not would it that wouldn't be god's side you're actually approving of something. Now, it's talking about something evil that's going on, actually people that are doing things. But, you know, that's, that's part of what we could actually delight in. You know, when ministers were falling a few years, you know, there's been big ministers that have fallen. And did you know that some denominations and some people in religious positions were kind of delighting in it because they didn't believe maybe on the, in the same way that they did? you know what i mean but with love where there's where there's a heart of love where there's you're on god's side of love there is no place given to rejoicing in another's falling this is very important it will you'll have other symptoms in your life and you're say, why can't I believe for this? Why can't I and, and in the middle of it, if you could, if you could just get a little scope that would say, okay, how are you reacting to something some, something that somebody else is going through? Because that's a direct relation of love in your life. And you can't have the love of God and the hate of man. You can't be rejoicing in what somebody else is going through and love that person, can you? Kind of impossible. All right, man. I got a really good story. I have a really good story. Pastor Kim just corrected me before I even heard from her. Second Samuel. I'm going to read this story. This is a really interesting story. How many know that David? Man, David is one of the best representations I think of, of Jesus in a lot of ways. Some of the stuff he's gone through. That he just he just stayed true, and I, I believe it's because he kept going back to the face of God all the time. He had such a passion for the presence of God, and it kept him right. But David, when he's a little boy, remember he was a, he was anointed to be the king, wasn't he? He was anointed to be the king. He killed a bear. He killed a lion with his own hands. Before he is a man he was the man. Right? He killed a giant that all the army was afraid of. He was supposed to be the king. But somebody else was the king, weren't they? Saul was the king. And Saul lost his relationship with God. He didn't <laughs> he was on the opposite side of this whole spectrum. He he would have loved for David to fall. In fact, he tried to make sure that he did. Right? He, he would throw a spear at him. But what 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 happened with David? He he loved God. He loved God. He was loved by God. He was in this experience of, of knowing the love of God, and because of that, he knew that God had anointed Saul. There was no way he was going to touch Saul. Remember, Saul came into the. He was Saul was trying to chase him down. He had his all, all his army, and, and David's hiding out in in the wilderness. And the whole army of Saul is coming to looking for him because he's wanting to destroy him. He knows that God is, he's he's not only going to delight in his his downfall, he's going to make sure it happens. But what happened, it's such a great example because what happened to Saul in doing that, he opened his heart up to, to evil spirits. And that's what happens when we do that. When we start Assuming that we are something when when somebody else is in that position and being offended by it. It causes us to get into, we open the door wide open to evil spirits and it causes us to be able to start pursuing something that is directly against God. So what happened? David's out in the wilderness and and he's hiding in a cave and Saul comes in the cave, doesn't even know David's there. Lays down, goes to sleep. What an opportunity to delight in somebody's downfall. right? David could have done it, but he wouldn't do it. He all he did was cut off a little bit of his garment so that he could prove. And then he felt convicted over that. right? So my goodness, Saul went or David went through this big time for years right long period of time in fact his his uh, he had he had was it three mighty men that david said i just would love to have a drink of water from this brook and three mighty men by themselves broke through the lines got the drink of water for him brought it back to david and david said i will not drink that because i'm not i'm not worthy right now he poured it out on the ground remember that story Amazing stories. David, for years, knew that he was anointed to be the king. The king himself was in direct opposition to him. He was his mortal enemy, wanted to put him to death every day of his life. And finally, they're in battle. Remember, another little part of this was David was, was... Heart to heart with Saul's own son, right, Jonathan? Man, he, he, he was. Talk about. Wake got? Best friends. BFF. Where we going? <laughs> BFF. Talk about best friends forever. I mean, these guys, he, he, he was. Not only did he love Saul in spite of Saul's actions towards him, he loved Saul's son also so much. So finally, there's a day of battle and Saul and Jonathan are both killed on the battlefield at, on the same day. And David is finding out about this. And this. This is where we are. Did you follow me this far? Okay. I just want to read this passage because it's really interesting. Saul was dead. And David had returned to Ziklag after slaughtering the Amalekites. Three days later, a man arrived from the Israeli army with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head as a sign of mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect. Where do you come from, David asked. From the Israeli army, he replied. What happened? David demanded. Tell me how the battle went. And the man replied, our entire army fled. Remember, this is an Amalekite. Thousands of men are dead and wounded on the field. And Saul and his son Jonathan have been killed. How do you know they are dead? Because I was on Mount and saw Saul leaning against his spear with the enemy chariots closing in upon him. When he saw me, he cried out for me to come to him. Who are you? he asked. An Amalekite, I replied. Come and put me out of my misery, he begged, for I am in terrible pain, but life lingers on. So I killed him. For I knew he couldn't live. Why did this young man kill him? Because Saul had been chasing him for years, wanting his mortal enemy? No, he killed him because he asked him to kill him. Because he's going to die anyway. He really didn't have anything against him. He was putting him out of his misery. He was doing him a favor. Then I took his crown and one of his bracelets to bring to you, my Lord. Sounds like a pretty respectful guy, doesn't it? Doing a pretty helpful thing. Relieving David of years of peril, right? David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. What? What? This was a victory, wasn't it? This is how, that's what I would have thought. You know, in natural ways. You know, ISIS, the leader of ISIS was killed today. How do we feel? Well, good riddance, right? Naturally. It's not like the leader of ISIS is the anointed of God, but, but and, and they, they need to die if, if they're going to be taking other people's lives but for that person themselves, David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and wept and fasted all day for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the Lord's people and for the men of Israel who had died that day. Where was David's heart? It was true, wasn't it? He still loved Saul, even though Saul was his enemy. Doesn't make sense, does it? Aren't you glad God's love doesn't make our kind of sense? Really? Don't you think it would be awesome to not have somebody delighting in your peril? Then David said to the young man who had brought the news, where are you from? And he replied, I am an Amalekite. Why did you kill God's chosen king, David demanded. Then he said to one of his young men, kill him. So he ran him through with his sword, and he died. That's really nice, isn't it? Now, David wasn't delighting in this young man's. No, what he saw was somebody took a life that they were not supposed to take. He did not rejoice in it. This was his response. You know what, I almost, I almost. It, it's almost a position that God might have. Not, not that he wants to run people through, but he's saying, whose side are you on here? Are you on my side or are you on the devil's side? And this is what God thinks. This is how God's heart is towards somebody who's wanting to, it, it, delighting in something evil that's taken place in somebody else's life. He's not going to destroy us, but he's not for us. Right? You die self-condemned, David said, for you yourself confessed that you killed God's anointed, appointed king. Isn't that an amazing story? I think it's a great example of not delighting and somebody else's evil a good representation of what love should be amen and a place for me to grow up god help me to look at these political leaders help me to look at, at military opposition help me to see them differently because you know what jesus said he said to love who enemies love enemies And that will mean not delighting in in an evil thing in their life. Not approving of it. Not encouraging it. Not hoping for it. But no. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Amen? That's the kind of love. That we get from God, and that's the kind of love He expects from us, Amen. So later on, so so once once Saul died, can, can are, you kind of like some of these stories? I think this is really interesting to me anyway. So I'm, I'm going to share this. So Saul dies and what happens is is the kingdom gets split up a little bit and now David becomes the king of Judah and Ishabeth, the son of Saul, becomes the king of the rest of the kingdom. All the other tribes, right? So, they're still fighting against each other and two of, of David's soldiers, they sneak into Ishabeth's house like they're just going to get some food. And he's sleeping in the bedroom and they go in and kill him without even, before he wakes up. So they come and tell David about this. And this, this is David's reference. David refers to the young Amalekite in this passage in reference to where these, young, these men are. He says, but David replied, I swear by the Lord who saved me from my enemies. said, the Lord saved me from my enemies. That when someone told me Saul is dead, thinking he was bringing me good news, I killed him. That is how I rewarded him for his glad tidings. Those were not glad tidings to David. It should be. That if we've received of the love of God that loves us in spite of ourselves, that gives us a new clean slate every day, that His mercies are brand new for us every day, whose side should we be on with regard to anybody that's done anything in our life? It should be on the God side. Mercies are new every morning. Amen? David was adamant about this kind of thing. He said, I'm going to go into battle. I'm going to fight. I'm going to defeat people. But when it comes to what God puts in place in my ability, my my place in somebody's life to care for somebody, he said, this was not right. This was not right. Another, Another little story with regard to this. Jonathan, remember, David loved Jonathan. Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. It's a name I like to call my kids, but my wife reminds me that Mephibosheth was lame. You know how Mephibosheth was lame was the battle was coming in upon his, I don't know if his mother or his midwife, and she picked him up quickly to run and to escape from the the people coming, and she dropped him, and both of his legs became lame. So little Mephibosheth, David had the opportunity to rain down judgment upon Mephibosheth. In fact, Mephibosheth came before him and was afraid of him, was afraid of David. David said, I'm going to care for you. And everything that Saul had as the king before, he gave to Mephibosheth, even though he was the king. He said, you're going to have everything, you're going to be cared for. Not only do I not delight in anything that's come upon you, I'm going to care for you. That's love going beyond just not delighting and saying, no, I'm going to care for you. Amen? That's the love of God, isn't it? Man, there's some growing up. There's some growing up for us. Amen? We can't, hold, we can't delight in anybody's downfall. This is, this is the Holy Spirit. How how many want the the spirits moving in your life? How how many want to be sensitive to the leading of the spirit? How many want to be uh, used by the spirit? Not just observing him, but actually be a a, a vessel for the spirit to flow through. Did you know the spirit is, is very sensitive? It's a spirit of truth. It's a spirit of love. It's a spirit of righteousness. Amen. It doesn't flow, it doesn't throw, flow easily through a vessel that is tainted with delighting in the evil of somebody else's life. Amen. It flows through a vessel that is nurtured in love. It's like Travis said, where the love of God is shed abroad. The love of God is not shed abroad where any of these things are occurring. And you know where where this usually happens, where this is maintained in a life, is where there's pride that says it's mine, I have the right to do this, I'm going to do it anyway. And what does God do? He says, I resist the proud, and I get close to the humble. The humble are the ones that say, I recognize this is not right in my life. By the Spirit of God, I'm going to let go of it. Amen? Amen. Somebody might call me a prude. You know, they might, <laughs> they, they might say that I'm trying to be... It's not something we push on somebody else. I mean, I'm pushing it on you right now. It's because it's the Word of God, right? But, but it's, it's not like somebody were, it's something that we judge somebody. Let's don't do this. Let's don't say, hey, you did that. You know? No, that's, that's being judgmental. That's not love itself pointing out where somebody else is not operating in love. That's not our position. That's not our place. No. Open the eyes of their heart, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Open the eyes of their heart. (laughs) I want them to see you (laughs) quick right now so they can be fixed. Right? Great examples, though. David's such a great example. Father, help me. Help me not to delight in what happens to somebody else, but to love them, to be in a position to be able to affect them with the love of God. No position whatsoever if you're delighting in their downfall. This is Micah 7.8. This is kind of an interest. this is on the other side. Do not rejoice against me, O my enemy. For though I fall, I will rise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord Himself will be my light. This is I, th- I think it's something that we can understand the position of the person that we're tempted to delight in their downfall. That God wants to be the light for them. He wants to be their uprising. He wants to be their help. This would be the cry from their heart if it only could be. This is what God wants them to be praying. And he doesn't want us to be an opposite. We don't want to be the enemy. We don't want to be anybody's enemy. Amen? We want to be their help. All right, I've got one more passage here. Is this good this morning? Are we we going to have some transformation from the word of God? Amen? Philippians 3:18 For as I have told you often told you before and now tell you again even with tears who's he he's talking to Christians isn't he He's not weeping over the unsaved he's weeping over those who call themselves Christians many live as enemies of the cross Of Christ. Now I've referred to this already. On whose side are we? Whose side are we on? What is the cross of Christ? That's where everybody sins. Everybody's downfall was put on Christ. The cross. Amen? There there is nothing that can be held against anybody. Who is the accuser of the brethren? Who is... Who is the one that is in opposition to God? Who is the one that wants to point out things that are wrong in somebody, to delight in them? It's the enemy of their soul. It's Satan, isn't it? So Saul's saying, he says, you might call yourself a Christian, But like Pastor Stephen was telling you this morning, you got to grow up, right? You got to grow up and not live like a child in opposition to the cross, as an enemy of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. He's talking about Christians under grace. This is the New Testament. Their, Their destination is destruction, This is kind of, I don't know, should be unsettling, but it should be, we should be taking it serious, right? God doesn't like this stuff. He sent Jesus to die on a cross, his own son to die on a cross, so that everybody could be removed from an accusation of sin and the condemnation of sin. And now you, as somebody that calls yourself his child, saved by him, is in direct opposition to that. And Paul said, I'm crying about this. How can you do this? And their glory is in their shame. Their God is their stomach. What? They're just moved by their flesh. The thing that they should be ashamed of, what we're talking about this morning, they actually glory in it. I know this could be taken into other areas, but let's keep it in this this area of of not delighting in somebody's evil. Amen? Their mind is set on earthly things. We're supposed to set our hearts and our minds on things that are above. Amen? Amen? But our citizenship is in heaven. Who are we when we become born again? We take on a new citizenship, don't we? The things that should upset us or cause us to be uh, (laughs) frustrated on this earth they're not ours to be upset about anymore. We have a new citizenship. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Much more that you could get into on a deeper level, but there's something beyond this menial thing that would cause us to be susceptible to delighting in somebody's downfall. Where does that come from? It comes from something that is built into us, an offense, a sensitivity that is not of heaven, but of this earth. It's based upon this earth earthly things, things that we might be concerned about. Amen? There is no place for sensitivity towards each other. And the world. Our citizenship is above. He's taken us to a new place in him that is far above being even able to delight in the downfall of somebody else this good this morning this is love this is the love of God I have to be affected by this I can't I can't hold on to to something in my place that enables that kind of thing anymore and where there is and let's do this this morning can we do this together say God show me show me the parts of my heart that need to grow up in you can we do that let's pray Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for those who have gone before us that lived this, that this is reality. It's not just a nice thought or it's not just a meditation that we can try to escape with, but it's a reality that's been lived out before us. And we thank you for the example of David that we went through this morning. But we thank you, God, that we don't just have to admire David for what he did, but we can emulate it. We can that the nature that we've been given in Christ is a nature of love. This is who we really are. And if we're acting some other way, it's not because of that's who we really are. It's because we're actors. Responding to the direction of our flesh instead of our spirit. Father, I pray that the Spirit's direction in our life would be preeminent over those those things in our flesh that would dominate us. And I pray, God, that, that there would be a walk of life for each one of us that is liberated today. Pray that in each one of our hearts, the Holy Spirit would come and show us Bring to life a sensitivity against things that have, might have been a normal thing in our life to this point. Something that we weren't even aware of. And I pray that by the Holy Spirit, the Word would come and make corrections in our heart and our life. Father, we don't want those abnormal things to be showing up on our faces and in other areas of our life and to not ever be able to have a resolution of them I pray that in this truth today that there would be a a resolving of strongholds in our hearts and our lives Lord God that we would let go of being on the wrong side of the cross I pray that you would help us to embrace your heart For every foe in our life. Somebody that might even be within the walls of our home. (laughs) Lord, I pray that there would be a passion that is much like David's, that is intent on the preservation and the removal of a perilous destination. For anybody in our life that we might have something against. Father, I pray that you'd help us to begin to pray for those in authority and in political opposition. They're people, Lord God. They're people that you have died for. And I pray that each one of those people would pe- be somebody that we can begin to, to love. Show us how to love without barriers. Show us how to love without judgment. Remove from us I pray that little passion inside of us that would be satisfied and gratified by something evil in another's life. And in so doing Lord God equip and enable the very nature of Christ in us to be you to be love. To be in position. As Emma was so wonderfully related today. To be positioned. To be effective in your kingdom. Hallelujah. Lord God, I see each one of us here this morning growing up in you. Renewed. Every day. Every day. Our faces are fixed every day as they're fixed on you. God, we give you thanks for that. Anybody here this morning, you haven't made Jesus your Lord, that's, that's the most important thing you can do. If you've never made him your Lord, I just I just invite you, you know, anybody that calls on the name of the Lord have to turn away. I have to turn away from those things that were of an old life. You have to say, Jesus, be my Lord. Can we all just pray this after me? Say these words after me. Let's all do this. Just renew it in our hearts this morning. Jesus, be my Lord. I turn from things in my flesh right now to a new life in you. I find my hope in you. My future is in you. I will know eternal life in you. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for being my Savior. I'm going to live for you all the days of my life. And I'm not going back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.